What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Storytime with Uncle Reddit. My name's John, and this is r slash malicious compliance. So this video is coming out on a Friday. My days are all mixed up and backwards, but uh, hopefully you guys are still getting a kick out of these stories. Just want to let you all know I appreciate you listening, interacting, commenting, giving thumbs up, thumbs down, whatever. It all helps the channel out and uh, really helps towards my goal of going full time with these two channels, the uh, Tales from Tech Support and the Malicious Compliance, which is more than malicious compliance, but you know what I mean. All right, let's read some. A parcel that didn't make it to America. So I work in an off-license, a liquor store or convenience store for any non-UK people reading. Most of my job is selling alcohol, but we also are a UPS drop-off point, so people can collect and send UPS packages from here. If a parcel is going abroad, it also needs three commercial invoices attached, one for UK customs, one for UPS, and one for American customs when it arrives. This system has been in place since Brexit. Before then, you only needed one copy, but for reasons I don't understand, leaving Europe cocked this all up and now we have to do this. The result is, the instructions on sending a parcel abroad online are a bit confusing, so often people turn up without all three invoices and I have to tell them it won't be accepted. 90% of customers accept this once explained. Some grumble and then accept, but this specific customer was having none of it. For whatever reason, she plainly just didn't believe me even when I showed her the poster behind me, literally explaining that it needed three invoices. Whatever she had read online said that just one would be fine and she would not accept some lowly shop worker telling her otherwise. Eventually, I gave up explaining that it was just going to get stuck in customs, and when she again demanded I accept the parcel, I replied, Okay, but again, I have to warn you, this won't get to America. She rolled her eyes and I gave her receipt confirmation the parcel had been received into the shop. Later that day, when UPS came to collect today's parcels, me and the driver had a good laugh about that parcel, and he happily took it. One week later, she's in my shop again complaining the parcel still hasn't gotten to America, and what am I going to do? At this point, it's out of my hands. I'm just the drop-off point, so I give her UPS customer service number and tell her she'll have to take it up with them. She informs me she's going to be complaining about me as well, apparently. I don't care. I don't work for UPS. Two weeks later, she's back in the shop with the same parcel to return it again. It now has three invoices attached correctly. My customer service voice is astonishingly sweet as I accept that parcel. My have a nice day afterwards must have been the most insincere goodbye anyone has ever uttered. I get it. Shipping can be very confusing. With my retail business, I most of the time I'm just shipping to the contiguous 48 states. But sometimes I have to ship to Europe or Canada, things like that. Uh, sometimes even... Uh, Ho Chi Minh City, strangely enough. But when the guy that deals with this stuff every day tells you what's needed and you just poo-poo it and send it anyway, it's going to end up costing you more money in the long run, and the person on the other end is going to have to wait twice as long for their stuff, if not more. That clerk is somebody that you should take advantage of by asking them questions, picking their brain, using them to make sure that your package is being shipped correctly and it's actually going to get to where you want it to. Yeah. Disney don't play. Most graphic designers know Disney don't play when it comes to copyright. They have a team of lawyers that all they do is copyright stuff. A whole team. My family are Disney nuts, so before I started working as a graphic designer, I had spent a lot of time there. One time we were on property for 38 days straight, RV park, so I've seen some stuff. I started working at a sunscreen printing shop that tried to compete with Custom Ink. Well, I worked for mainly the sales part of the job, but I did get jobs that had longer timelines. 
I got four job orders for a church group event at Disney World for this huge event. Well, all the shirts were well over the thousand count. Three of the jobs had multiple copyright issues. I emailed my boss, the salesperson, and the churches telling them that shirts will cause problems and could even get them fined and kicked out of the park. I get an email back from boss to drop it. I emailed again when sending off the art for approval to the point I put a warning watermark over the actual art. Ten minutes later, I get an email from boss, the church is CC'd in, telling me if I bring up copyright again, I'm fired. Thanks, that's all I needed. Print. Well, the jobs go through, and the Monday after said church event, guess who walks in the office door at 9am? Three Disney lawyers fresh from Florida ready to wreak havoc. As soon as I see them, I know, and I'm laughing. 30 minutes later, I'm in the boss's office getting thrown under the bus being blamed for everything. I excuse myself, get my folder of all my printouts and copies of orders showing I warned them four to five times about copyright and told them to pay close attention to the email threatening to fire me over it. The lawyers looked it over, thanked me, hand me a card and tell me if I get fired they'll cover all lawyer's fees to sue him. Wow. I heard my boss got a heavy fine, along with the churches getting kicked out of the park for the day and fined and I was told Disney would keep an eye on the company. Update, about 12 years later, he got caught again by Disney for copyright, and they sued him and ratted him out to other places that are suing him too. Disney don't play. Yeah, copyright's no joke, man. Um, it's also a very fickle thing. Um, there's a lot of things you gotta navigate through if you're gonna use somebody else's stuff for creative content. Like, I make creative content here, and I have to go through some things to be able to use certain pictures, certain music, certain whatever. And the same if people are going to use my stuff, which, why would they? But whatever, if they do, uh, they're allowed to sample it, things like that. But they can't sit down and just play this whole video on their channel without making changes to it. And, you know, it's just there's a lot of nuances to it. But uh, Disney's got that market covered, let me tell you. Graphic designer overworked and followed directions. Quick background. I've been a graphic designer for 10 plus and I started working for this calendar company. For the area I made decent money but I worked like 70 hours a week. Some days sleeping at the office in an empty office. When I started they had issues where they kept screwing up. Come to find out the owner shoves things through without proper oversight. I was doing the job of three people. After asking for help for three weeks he finally hired someone. The guy he hired had never even seen a Mac computer till he was in that office. Had no idea what Photoshop was. Well, everything we do is computer work, and he's not experienced on a computer. He said he heard of Illustrator. Now here's the compliance. Boss comes in one morning and says a job has to be printed and sent out to make it to an event. I said, okay, get me the folder. The folder had everything about the jobs, all the sponsors, and any info I need to have on it. Well, he said just use the example we sent out four weeks ago. He had sent the job back to sales to get more sponsors. I print out a quick copy so I can check everything. He checks it and tells me to print 250. That makes 500 calendars. I print them all off and go grab lunch and come back. I just grabbed it. Was going to eat while I did some stuff. I get back from lunch and the boss is in the office crying saying we screwed up and the job was all wrong. After some back and forth he admits to him screwing up but he has to fire me since it's over a thousand dollars worth of product. I get up in a rush and start packing up my stuff and haul ass out of there. As I'm walking out I tell him I was about to quit anyway. Cue the best karma ever. I got everything in the car and I'm not even out of the parking lot and said ex-boss is blowing up my phone. He found out that the guy he hired can't do squat, lol. He wanted me to come back for $7 an hour and if I did not mess up I would get $11 an hour. 
I informed him that he just fired me for his screw-up, so where is the line for me screwing up? I would never ever get $11 no matter how good I did. I found out later he had to pay an old graphic designer three times normal pay to come in and help. Good for you, man. That's how the free market works. The guy screwed himself, fired you for it, blamed you for it, which is wrongful termination depending on what state you're in, but I don't usually play those games. You want me gone? I damn sure don't want to work somewhere where A, I get blamed for stuff I didn't do, and B, you didn't want me here anyway, so eh, screw it. But if I came back into work to help this guy out, he was damn sure going to pay me triple what I was making before, and he was going to write it in a contract before I ever set foot back in the building. But honestly, I probably wouldn't have stayed there more than another couple weeks anyway, even if he did that, so... Oh well. Try and stick to the planning and the correct methods. Sure I will. I, 30 male, work as a cleaner in a school for special needs children. I'm good at what I do and I take pride in coming in every day to make sure that both the children and the teachers that work there have a clean and safe environment to work in. Some backstory. Before I started working at this location in April 2022, they had a lot of bad luck with hiring cleaners as the branch we're in technically falls under specialized cleaning and not general cleaning. In the first four months of 2022, they've had 15 cleaners that all disappointed, stopped showing up, or were fired for other reasons. This has caused the general custodian of this special needs school, my direct supervisor, to be skeptical of any new cleaner that comes in, which is very fair. Now, I like to give 110% at work. Whether that's smart or not, I'm not sure, but I like to leave my work knowing that I gave it my all. That's why when I saw the daily slash weekly task list and had done an online course on how to effectively clean, I knew that in practice that would leave a very messy workplace, since not everything would be cleaned correctly. Imagine a desk of a child that has a single eraser on it. According to my online courses from the company, that disqualifies that entire desk for cleaning. I won't be allowed to clean it. Furthermore, if chairs are not at the desk, I'm not allowed to sweep or mop under it because it's not the cleaner's job. As such, I've been making some really positive changes to my work schedule, daily and weekly task list, and the way that I do things to not only meet the minimal requirements that my company asks for, but also to go above and beyond, be flexible with the teachers, engage with the students, and leave a beautiful workspace. This went great for a while. Now, the custodian has, for some reason, been getting way more critical of my work. The smallest speck of dust missed or a small drop of coffee spilled somewhere, that happened after I was done with the work, and he's blowing up my phone with text messages that I need to do things differently, in a wasteful way, or telling me first thing when I come in that I need to take my work more seriously. This morning he told me, try and stick to the planning and the correct methods. So I told him that I would. Now I started to follow the paper list with daily tasks and my methods completely to a T. Every half-assed method that I knew would leave the classrooms and the bathrooms in a horrible state. Trash cans need emptying? Nope, not on my list. One piece of paper on a filthy desk? No longer my problem. Spills in the hallways? Looks like mopping the floor isn't on today's task list. Sorry. The entire place looked horrible. I had to hold myself back to not do more than the list because I hate leaving work unfinished, but I was finally done. I approached the teachers of the classrooms that I had to clean today beforehand, explained the situation, and promised them to give their classrooms a proper cleaning the next day because they and the students shouldn't be the victim of my malicious compliance. But they were in on it. They even agreed to give their signature on my task list to sign off that they think I did all the work correctly. Naturally, the custodian didn't like my work today, and we had a good heart-to-heart -heart for a moment. I told him that I really appreciate that he wants to safeguard the quality of my work. It's what they pay me for, after all. But I hope that I've shown him, and some teachers, that I go above and beyond daily. And that today's work, that looked like a mess, was my company's standard. 
I also let him know that the constant badgering was incredibly unmotivating. It was really putting a damper on my spirits. I told him that I'd be doing my work normally again tomorrow, and he said he appreciated all the work I usually do, and that he'd try to be more flexible as well and put more trust in me. All's well that ends well, I suppose. I just wanted to make sure these special needs children have a clean school to learn, laugh, and play in after all. If I run a business or part of a business, I will never complain about somebody going above and beyond as long as it doesn't interfere with the basics of the job. Like if you had take out trash, sweep, and mop, those are your three main chores, and you were you know, helping move furniture out of a classroom and your mopping and sweeping didn't get done, now we got a problem. Yeah, going above and beyond is great. And honestly, I try to do the same thing most of the time uh, because I don't feel good if I leave something half done. I used to be a bike builder at Walmart in the evenings for my second job. And uh, their standards of putting a bike together, the actual standards are basically like any real bike shop would have. If you read the manual, they have torque specs and everything that you're supposed to follow when assembling these things. But in the actual store, and even the district manager did this to me, um, they got mad if I actually followed the protocol that I had to take the training on and sign off on and, you know, all that stuff. And it made no sense. They said, well, you can't keep the bike rack full. Well, that's because I'm doing things correctly. Not to mention, the fact, on top of that, they were pulling me to do maintenance tasks. They were pulling me to cover registers at like the tire and lube center or the garden center so people could take breaks. They had me mixing paint. They had me making keys. Uh, okay, you can't have it all, folks. So, yeah, I'm glad I'm out of that place. The piss poor planning, the micromanaging, it just it's enough to make you go crazy and pull your hair out. Not that I have much left, except on my beard. I tried to tell him about the portalettes. So I'm a construction manager, and I have been running jobs for this one contractor in Palm Beach for four years now. And he's not bothered me or messed with any of my methods on any of the past three mansions that I've built for him. And for some reason on this project, he decided to assert his authority. He must have been off his meds and decided to give me a hard time because I had plumbers on an empty lot getting it prepared to start building a new house from the ground up. On all of my projects, I built an outhouse with running water and a toilet. It's nice when the owner's on site with the design team and they actually have someplace nice to go pee real quick. On the outside of the outhouse, I always use a large plastic laundry room wash tub sink so people can wash their hands and rinse out paintbrushes, etc. I also have a hose reel with a 100 foot hose. It's all very efficient and free. And it's a pleasure to use versus the plastic portalette that we all know smells like crap and is full of crap, has maggots in it, and is hot as hell, and it's absolutely disgusting with 30 to 40 workers on a job. So for some reason he gets a bug up his butt and says, F it, you're not building an outhouse on this job, just call the portalette company and have them deliver tomorrow. I tried to talk some sense into him, but he didn't want to hear it and gave me unnecessary attitude. Maybe he's not getting laid at home. So I said, sure, I'll call and set it up. The next morning I called and ordered two portalettes and a washstand, which has fresh water and paper towel holders so you can at least wash your hands when you're done using the restroom. The charge for the two portalettes and the washstand is $1,300 a month. It will take me at least a year and a half to finish this project, and this temper tantrum will now cost him $25,000. I tried to tell him, and he wanted to be a D, so let's see if he figures it out when he does his end-of-year bookkeeping. Lol. Yeah, that's kind of stupid, man. I mean, if it was actually taking too much time or too much expense, I can see it, but for one, it's a custom mansion, so there should be a little bit of perks to having 
something a little nicer out there for architects, engineers, the homeowner, designers, even the even the contractors. I mean, those those portable toilets really are little hot boxes, and you know when they're full of crap, even with the chemical treatment in the tank, no, no. But yeah, this guy micromanaged himself right into an extra twenty five thousand dollar hole coming right off the top for nothing. And oh, by the way, there are laws. Those portable toilets have to be pumped every so often, depending on how many people use it every day. You know, that $1,300 a month, maybe in your area it covers, but sometimes we get charged extra for extra pumps. You know, if they only give you a basic bill of, you know, one pump a week and you need two for each one, well, your pumping bill just got doubled. So, yeah, that's another job I don't miss, running job sites. Pandemic business loans. I recently started to see a trend of small, long-established businesses deciding to close. Businesses that had been around since the 1960s, or many even earlier than that. These businesses seemed to be rock-solid and withstood the test of time. Many of these took out loans during the pandemic. A local restaurant just closed, and I asked the owner why he closed now and not during the pandemic. He said that he was able to continue operating throughout the pandemic because of the small business pandemic loans. However, he said that he never developed a long-term plan to pay back the loans because he said he was planning on going out of business anyway. I asked him, is the bank going to try to collect from you? He replied, this business has been around for so long that it relies on its own credit, and no individual is linked to this business for credit purposes. The malicious compliance was that the government encouraged businesses to take out loans, so this restaurant did and used it as a life raft for a three-year plan to shut down with no intention of paying back. The restaurant owner told me he followed the rules of the loan program exactly and everything he did was legal. Edit. Somewhat related and unrelated tangent. I don't know much about business, but a number of these responses make me think of Walt Disney. He was miraculous at following the letter of the law to his benefit. Walt Disney had a number of failed companies before he struck it rich. I wonder how many bankruptcies and defaults his company had that he walked away from before he finally struck it rich. I don't know, man. I'm torn on this one. I get it. If you followed all of the protocols for the loan, you know, followed all the rules to a T and closed down and none of it's illegal, then I guess it's fine. But it seems kind of scummy going into a loan knowing that you're not going to pay it back and you're just going to close down. It's kind of like, you know, getting a bunch of loans, starting a business and then declaring bankruptcy just because you can. Um, That's why they ended up changing the rules some years ago that you can't just do that anymore. There's a whole lot of other hoops you got to jump through, but, but yeah, I don't know. I just, I got mixed feelings on that one. What do you guys think? You've been listening to Storytime with Uncle Reddit. If you enjoy this content, be sure to follow my podcast. I upload new episodes at least three times a week.